Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. This is Lee Habib, and this is Our American Stories, and we tell stories about everything here on this show, including yours. Send them to ouramericanstories.com. They're some of our favorites. We love to tell stories about movies and the culture. We also love telling stories about history, and this combines both elements beautifully. It's time for another one of our Roger McGrath's Hollywood Goes to War stories. We've done a number of them. Go to our website and do a search for Jimmy Stewart's and so many more. McGrath is the author of Gunfighters, Highwaymen, and Vigilantes, Violence on the Frontier, 
A U.S. Marine and former history professor at UCLA, Dr. McGrath has appeared on numerous History Channel documentaries and is a regular contributor for us here at Our American Stories. Here's Roger McGrath with the story of Henry Fonda. Henry Fonda was one of the greatest actors of Hollywood's golden age, appearing in nearly 50 movies in the legendary years of the 1930s, 40s, and 50s. He would add 35 more movies in the 1960s and 70s. In 1940, he was nominated for Best Actor for his role as Tom Joad in The Grapes of Wrath. And then, 41 years later, won the Oscar for Best Actor for his role as Norman Thayer in On Golden Pond. Fonda played a wide variety of characters in films of many different genres, including several that are considered classics. Drums Along the Mohawk, Young Mr. Lincoln, The Grapes of Wrath, The Oxbow Incident, Fort Apache, Twelve Angry Men, Mr. Roberts, The Longest Day. He was awarded a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame in 1960. Henry Fonda is born in Grand Island, Nebraska in 1905 to William Fonda and his wife, Herberta. Young Henry is of Dutch, English, Scottish, and German descent. Most of his ancestors were here in America before the Revolution. In 1906, the family moves to Omaha. His sister, Harriet, is born in 1908 and a second sister, Jane, in 1909. His family is close-knit and raised in the Christian science faith. His father has a successful printing business. Fonda is a good swimmer and runner, but spends much of his spare time drawing and making models. Like so many young boys of his era, he becomes a Boy Scout. By the time he graduates high school, he has grown to more than six foot one but as thin as a rail. He goes off to the University of Minnesota to major in journalism, but works two part-time jobs to support himself and has little time to study or sleep. After completing two years, he tires of the grind and returns to Omaha. Dorothy Brando, a friend of his mother's, urges Fonda to audition for the part of a teenager in a play put on by the Omaha Community Playhouse. Fonda gives it a try and is cast in the role. More plays and more roles follow and Fonda becomes determined to make acting his profession. Dorothy Brando, an experienced actress on the stage, continues to mentor Fonda. Dorothy will later mentor her own son, Marlon Brando. In 1928, Fonda heads east and joins the University Players in Massachusetts. In 1931, he marries another of the players, Margaret Sullivan, who becomes the first of five successive Mrs. Fondas. In 1932, Margaret heads to New York City for a role as a female lead in a major stage production, and Fonda follows. However, the couple are soon divorced, and Fonda struggles finding parts. To save money, he shares a small apartment with the writer Josh Logan and another aspiring actor, James Stewart. Hank Fonda and Jimmy Stewart are alike in many ways, both from middle-class families in America's heartland, both 
tall and thin and boyish looking, and both passionate about acting. Politically, though, they mostly disagree. Fonda is a solid Democrat, and Stewart is a staunch Republican. Work on the Broadway stage picks up for both of them during 1933 and 1934, and both catch the eye of Hollywood scouts. Fonda arrives in Hollywood in 1935 to take the role of the male lead in The Farmer Takes a Wife. Fonda has played the same part in the stage play of the same name on Broadway, so he is well prepared for the movie role. What he isn't well prepared for is the money he is suddenly making, $3,000 a week. And this is in the depths of the Great Depression, when $50 a week is considered good money for a professional. Stewart also arrives in Hollywood in 1935 to make his first movie. Soon, Fonda and Stewart are renting a house together and dating all the young starlets they can. From nearly starving in a small apartment in New York, they are now living it up in a large home in an upscale neighborhood. And you've been listening to Roger McGrath tell the story of Henry Fonda. And my goodness, what a roommate to have, each of them. And what are the odds that Jimmy Stewart and Henry Fonda would share, well, let's just say share a very small shelter because times were tight back when they moved to New York and were aspiring actors. When we come back, more of this remarkable life story, a part of our Hollywood Goes to War series, here on Our American Stories, Henry Fonda's story continued. Folks, if you love the stories we tell about this great country, and especially the stories of America's rich past, know that all of our stories about American history, from war to innovation, culture, and faith, are brought to us by the great folks at Hillsdale College, a place where students study all the things that are beautiful in life and all the things that are good in life. And if you can't get to Hillsdale, Hillsdale will come to you with their free and terrific online courses. Go to hillsdale.edu to learn more. And we continue with Our American Stories and with Roger McGrath telling the story of Henry Fonda as a part of our Hollywood Goes to War continuing series. Let's pick up where we last left off. Here's McGrath. Fonda appears in two more movies in 1935 and then in three movies in 1936. It's in 1936 that he marries his second wife, Frances Seymour who will give birth to Fonda's daughter, Jane, and his son, Peter. 1937 and 38 see Fonda in nine more movies. 
His fame grows and the money rolls in, but the best is yet to come. In 1939, Fonda plays Frank James in the movie Jesse James. Tyrone Power plays Jesse. Although the movie takes quite a few liberties with the real story of the Outlaw Brothers, it's a box office smash. It's also in 1939 that Fonda plays Abraham Lincoln in Young Man Lincoln. Directed by John Ford, the movie is another hit. Fonda stars in still another John Ford hit in 1939, Drums Along the Mohawk. Set in New York's Mohawk Valley during the Revolutionary War, Fonda gives another great performance, which includes one of the greatest escapes in movie history when he runs for his life from a band of Indian warriors. Fonda's movies in 1940 include still another John Ford smash success, The Grapes of Wrath. Fonda is nominated for Best Actor for portraying Tom Joad. He's on top of his game and stars in three more movies in 1940, including The Return of Frank James. It's three movies for Fonda in 1941 and seven in 1942, including the critically acclaimed The Oxbow Incident. The United States is now in World War II, and Fonda begins thinking about enlisting. The director he has worked with so successfully, John Ford, is already serving in the Navy and was wounded in the Battle of Midway. Fonda's good friend, Jimmy Stewart, is already a pilot in the Army Air Corps. The last movie Fonda makes in 1942, The Immortal Sergeant, which will be released in 1943, has Fonda in the role of a Canadian serving in the British Army in North Africa, who is transformed from a diffident and shy young man into a war hero. Acting in the movie convinces Fonda to quit Hollywood, declaring, I don't want to be in a fake war in a studio. And he enlists in the Navy. During the fall of 1942, Fonda excels in Navy boot camp and upon graduation is sent to quartermaster school. In May 1943, he graduates in the top 5% of his quartermaster class. He's now recommended for a commission. While his paperwork is being processed, he's assigned as quartermaster third class to the destroyer, the USS Satterley, which is fresh out of a shipyard in Tacoma, Washington. Satterley's sea trials take her from Puget Sound to San Diego. After a week in San Diego, orders arrive for Fonda, telling him to report for commissioning in New York. Fonda can fly or take a train to New York, but instead he stays aboard Satterley, which is set to sail through the Panama Canal and on to Norfolk, Virginia. He doesn't want to leave Satterley a quartermaster short, and he reckons he can use more experience at sea. After Satterley arrives at Norfolk, Fonda takes a train to New York and reports to Naval Headquarters. He's discharged as an enlisted man and then sworn in as a lieutenant junior grade, equivalent to a first lieutenant in the Marines or Army. He is soon ordered to the Naval Air Station at Anacostia, Washington, D.C. to make training films. Fonda is terribly upset. He didn't leave Hollywood to make films for the Navy. 
fun this commanding officer who is stuck behind the desk himself empathizes with the Lieutenant JG and cuts orders for Fonda to be trained in air combat intelligence at the Naval Air Station, Quonset Point, Rhode Island. Fonda enjoys both his training at Quonset Point and his classmates. For the most part, they are an older and well-educated group. Many of them come from the professional ranks in civilian life. There's a district attorney, a judge, and a mayor among those training. Fonda and the others spend hours learning coding, photo analysis, and enemy plane and ship identification. After completing his training as an Air Combat Intelligence Officer, or ACI Officer for short, Fonda is sent to Pearl Harbor. He now goes through a course in anti-submarine warfare at Kaneohe before being assigned to the USS Curtis, a seaplane tender that is currently at Kwajalein Atoll in the Marshall Islands. In May 1944, Fonda flies to Kwajalein, rested from the Japanese in February, and becomes a member of Curtis's complement of a hundred officers and more than a thousand men. Most of them are veterans of the attack on Pearl Harbor and battles in the Solomon, Gilbert, and Marshall Islands. Fonda assumes duties as an assistant ACI officer. He's finally in a forward area and he's eager to see action. He soon will. Curtis sails to any Weetok, also recently taken from the Japanese, and begins preparing for the American invasion of the Marianas, some 1,200 miles to the west. The general quarters alarm goes off and Fonda races to his battle station, thinking he's in for his first action, but nothing materializes. The alarm will go off several times over the next several weeks with reports of Japanese subs or airplanes in the area. Curtis is responsible for servicing, resupplying, and if needed, repairing the PBY Catalina seaplane. This means the PBY can range far and wide without worrying about a land base. Most important for an air combat intelligence officer, such as Henry Fonda, the PBY pilots bring back photographs of Japanese ships and Japanese installations on various islands. The photos have to be analyzed and the pilots have to be debriefed. The intelligence is then forwarded to fleet headquarters. The pace of work for Curtis increases with the American invasion of the Mariana Islands, beginning with Saipan in June 1944 and followed by Guam and Tinian in July. By August 12, Curtis is anchored at Saipan. A few months later, Tokyo Rose mentions Curtis in one of her broadcasts and says the actor Henry Fonda is aboard. She promises that Japanese forces are on their way to sink the ship. And you've been listening to Roger McGrath tell the story of Henry Fonda. And my goodness, right in the middle of one of the most prolific careers in Hollywood history, including an Oscar nomination, motion picture box office successes, working with the greatest director of his time, John Ford, something starts to bug him. His pals, and that's Jimmy Stewart, and John Ford were both serving. Ford got wounded and his time spent in the Navy at Midway, Jimmy Stewart had volunteered for perhaps the most dangerous activity you could imagine, and that was joining the Army Air Corps. 
The call to duty called Henry Fonda hard. And when we come back, more of this remarkable story, a part of our Hollywood Goes to War series, the story of Henry Fonda going to war here on Our American Story. Folks, if you love the great American stories we tell and love America like we do, we're asking you to become a part of the Our American Stories family. If you agree that America is a good and great country, please make a donation. A monthly gift of $17.76 is fast becoming a favorite option for supporters. Go to OurAmericanStories.com now and go to the Donate button and help us keep the great American stories coming. That's OurAmericanStories.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. 
Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. And we continue with our American stories. Let's pick up with Roger McGrath. It's August 44. Henry Fonda's ship Curtis is anchored at Saipan. A few months later, Tokyo Rose mentions Curtis in one of her broadcasts and says that actor Henry Fonda is aboard. She promises that Japanese forces are on their way to sink the ship. Here's McGrath. Sure enough, a few days later, Curtis is attacked by Japanese planes. Fonda is at his battle station to witness it. The pilot of one of the planes decides on a kamikaze attack and dives his plane directly at Curtis. Fire from the many guns of Curtis send the Japanese plane crashing into the sea, but not before it misses the ship by a mere 25 yards. The next day, Fonda and two young sailors don diving gear and swim down to the wrecked Japanese plane. They find the plane upside down on the ocean floor, the Japanese pilot and his bombardier still strapped into their seats. Fonda retrieves the pilot's flight log, maps, and several other items. Back aboard Curtis, Fonda pours over the recovered items and determines that the plane flew from Pagan Island which lies some 200 miles north of Saipan. The intel is radioed the fleet headquarters, and airstrikes are immediately launched against Pagan. Japanese submarines are in ever-present danger. Occasionally, their radio transmissions are intercepted and decoded. This enables Fonda and other ACI officers to attempt to plot a course for a Japanese sub and devise a search pattern. Fonda strikes gold when his estimated location for a Japanese sub enables Navy fighters to catch a sub on the surface and sink it. In November 1944, Lieutenant J.G. Henry Fonda is promoted to lieutenant. Four months later, he is awarded a Bronze Star for his outstanding contributions to the Navy's Mariana and Iwo Jima campaigns. The citation reads, in part, For distinguishing himself by meritorious service in connection with operations against the enemy as an assistant operations officer and air combat intelligence officer, he contributed materially to the planning and execution of air operations which effectively supported the campaigns, neutralized enemy installations on nearby enemy-held islands and atolls, 
and which subsequently developed into search missions in empire waters and strikes on the Japanese mainland. His keen intelligence, untiring energy, and conscientious application to duty were in a large measure responsible for a successful contribution to the Central Pacific Campaign. In March 1945, Fonda is transferred from his billet aboard Curtis to serve on the staff of Admiral John Hoover on Guam. Hoover is the commander, Central Pacific Forward Area, and is responsible for support of fleet operations with island-based aircraft. Hoover had used Curtis as his flagship, and now he shifts his flag to the Navy base at Apra Harbor on Guam. The move ashore may have saved Fonda's life. While in the waters off Okinawa in June 1945, a kamikaze scores a direct hit on Curtis, and 35 of Fonda's old shipmates are killed and 21 wounded. Lieutenant Fonda continues his excellent contributions as confirmed by his officer's fitness report for March to August 1945. Fonda is rated in the top 10% in every category. The rating officer, Commander Lyle Kepke, says, Lieutenant Fonda performed all his duties in an outstanding manner. His pleasing personality, his ability to work with others, his intelligence, his untiring endurance and willingness made him a superior air combat intelligence officer while attached to this command. Early in August 1945, Fonda flies with Commander Kepke from Guam to Tinian to meet the pilots and crews of the B-29s who will drop the atom bombs on Japan and to be briefed on the operation. Fonda doesn't know exactly what these bombs are, but he is told their effects will be devastating. On August 6, Enola Gay, commanded by Paul Tibbets, drops an atom bomb on Hiroshima. And on August 9, Boxcar, commanded by Charles Sweeney, drops an atom bomb on Nagasaki. The next day, Lieutenant Fonda receives orders to report to the Naval Director of Public Information in Washington, D.C. Fonda's war is over. He spends one month in Washington and then is ordered to Los Angeles for separation from active duty. He spends six weeks on leave at his home in Brentwood and then is formally separated in November 1945. In 1946, Henry Fonda is back making movies, appearing as Wyatt Earp in John Ford's My Darling Clementine. Fonda's movie-making pace picks up with three movies in 1947 and two in 1948, including the John Ford classic Fort Apache, in which Fonda plays an authoritarian cavalry officer. Fonda will appear in several dozen more movies in the 1950s, 60s, and 70s, playing military officers several times, including his role as Lieutenant J.G. Doug Roberts in another John Ford classic, Mr. Roberts. Although Fonda opposes sending American troops to Vietnam, he nonetheless goes on a USO tour of South Vietnam in 1967. He thinks it's important to boost the morale of the troops. 
the war is not their fault, opposing the war but supporting the troops, later leads to a temporary falling out with his daughter Jane, who makes an ill-advised trip to North Vietnam and is photographed sitting in an anti-aircraft gun emplacement with NVA troops. Fonda calls her foolish and frivolous. Most people today probably think of Henry Fonda only as one of Hollywood's iconic movie stars and don't know they turned his back on Hollywood and the fame and fortune that were his to join the U.S. Navy during World War II and serve in the Pacific. Henry Fonda was awarded an Oscar for Best Actor, but he also was awarded a Bronze Star for Meritorious Service. And great work on the piece, as always, by Greg. And a special thanks to Roger McGrath, as always, author of Gunfighters, Highwaymen, and Vigilantes, a former UCLA professor, and always a U.S. Marine. And my goodness, I wonder which stood higher up on his mantle, the Bronze Star or the Oscar. He'd been nominated for an Oscar in 1940 for John Ford's epic, The Grapes of Wrath. But he won the Oscar 40 years later, starring in a film with his daughter, Jane, called On Golden Pond. If you ever get a chance, rent it. It still works. It still plays. That he went to support the troops on the USO tour while being against the war is just how classy Henry Fonda was and how sensible he was. The boys didn't choose the war. They were just, well, representing their country. The story of Henry Fonda, part of our Hollywood Goes to War series, here on Our American Stories. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. And we continue with Our American Stories and with a story from one of the top car collectors in the world. Miles Collier is the founder of the Revs Institute in Naples, Florida. And today we hear from Miles about his own story with cars. The only thing I will say about my racing career is that years later, I was accosted by a representative of the ASPCA, which is the American Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Automobiles, and they suggested that I probably shouldn't be driving anymore. Uh, it's cruelty to automobiles. You don't know the ASPCA? They lurk around racetracks and they find you uh, doing mean things to your car. They say, stop that, son. You ought to be on the beach. <laughs> I'm totally and completely facetious. The, the, the point being that I am not uh, the embodiment of Tazio Nuvolari. Not that I was terrible. I wasn't terrible, but I just you know, drifted away from it. My, my high point was I was uh, awarded the first SVRA Driver of the Year award. So uh, even the blind pig eventually finds the corn. The thing about cars is that they have the unique property of reaching out and grabbing the susceptible person by the throat. The point being, a sociology researcher whose materials I read basically said, cars pick the people that are interested in them, not the other way around. And that's not necessarily true of golf 
or fly fishing or flying model airplanes or any of these other things. Cars have this property where analogously we think of wind in the whittles. Remember how Mr. Toad, the first time he saw a car, all of a sudden his eyes started rotating in his head and as all he could say was poop poop or whatever it was and he was just completely blown away by the automobile. Well, that is literally how automobiles attract their following. So what was my St. Paul on the road to Damascus event? Well, uh, is all I can say is you know, my dad was a racer back in the day. Sadly, he died in 1954. But I remember some years after that, when my family had moved back to New York City where I was going to school, one weekend or something, I came across a box full of old road and track magazines. And I pulled them out and I started flipping through them. And I, I can recall even now, there's one article on a Jowett Jupiter. Now there's a terrifying confection. A Jowett Jupiter is a particularly nasty English confection with a four-cylinder, water-cooled, horizontally opposed front engine. And the Jowett mark was prevalent in its last gasps were prevalent in the UK in the 1950s. And their high-performance sports car version was the Jowett Jupiter. And some small voice in the back of my head said, now it's time to get interested in cars, never look back. So long roundabout way of saying that cars reached out and grabbed me, they did it through the medium of magazines. Well, I think the way people get involved in cars is idiosyncratic, it depends on the person. And uh, as a former girlfriend of mine said, Miles, you can over-intellectualize anything. That was a relationship that was not going anywhere. <laughs> uh, I can over-intellectualize anything. So I got interested in cars, first of all, because of their obvious glamour, romance, attractiveness, uh, all the things that everybody loves about cars. And then the more interesting thing to me was the context and the connections. So context and connections, which I have been able to push to the extent of what you see today, where we have one of the world's great library collections and you know, one of the world's great car collections and all kinds of things that combine together allow us to really understand the automobile as a human and social and cultural phenomenon, which is where I particularly interested, and that's why I have ended up writing a book called The Archaeological Automobile. But, but the, the, the point is the archaeological automobile is essentially about thinking about the automobile as material culture. Material culture are the things that mankind produces in ordinary life and ordinary use and material culture varies around the world as a function of the culture from which it comes. And so something from Japan is gonna be different from something from Germany or something from South America. But it is basically the material remnants that we leave behind as our species travels through time. The automobile is completely underrepresented in the academy. It is completely underrepresented among our normal cultural institutions for reasons that absolutely no one I've been able to find can articulate. The automobile is just something that nobody wants to talk about. You know, I, I did an enormous amount of reading for my book, and the gist 
of academic commentators who comment about the automobile, and they're few and far between, is that we find it inexplicable. Normally, the amount of published materials roughly is congruent with the importance of the thing being written about. This is not true of the automobile. It is enormously important, and nobody writes about it. In fact, it's generally viewed as one of those subjects. It's a third rail of the academy. Okay, you write about automobiles, you're immediately suspect. You know, I, I guess I would say the problem with the automobile is it's way too stimulating, it's way too interesting, it's way too charming, it's way too engaging, and therefore it can't be serious. So, you know, we can talk about the evolving morphology of Barbie dolls over time and the self-perception of women as a, you know, sociological paper, but we cannot talk about the automobile in any way, means, or form. And now, you know, it's changing a little, and there are some academicians out there. I, I mentioned Dale Danifer, who did sociologic research on how do car enthusiasts become car enthusiasts. There are people, you know, academicians who are writing about the influence of the automobile on society in various ways, but generally the, the, the focus is on the automobile as a social change agent, because that lets you deal with the automobile in the abstract. It's a social change agent. We don't need to get into it anymore. Okay, so now we can talk about society and how society changes with this amorphous, undefined thing, social automobile social change agent. See what I'm saying? No picture of the automobile is created there, no analysis of the automobile exists. We just talk about its, its influence. So that, that seems to be relatively safe. If you start talking about the automobile as material culture, boy, are you in trouble. Because that's where, you know, everything suspect happens. So naturally, my book's about the automobile as a material culture. <laughs> And, and, and you know, it's a hugely important piece of our material culture. The thing we need to remember about the automobile, and, and, and much other material culture is the same way, is that it has a function, has a nominal function, and, and, and the automobile's nominal function is personal mobility and mobility of goods. But it has other functions that are implicit, and one of them is social signaling. Human beings have evolved over millions of years to be sensitive to other human beings across vectors of power, status, and wealth. People are social animals. You stick them all in a room, they immediately want to know what's the pecking order here? And we have a zillion signaling modes to do that so that you know, it, it, it becomes a, you know, a natural and easy thing to do. And it's everything from fashion Okay, you can, you can have a you know, $150 suit from Walmart, or you can have you know, a totally custom silk blend, blah, 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 and, and you can tell the difference. So it, you know, it's clothes, it's houses, it's furnishings, it's you know, all of those kinds of things. And one of the most effective has always been transportation. So the man on the horse was always in a superior position to you know, all the peasants that were standing around pulling on their forelocks and making nice noises to them. The glittering carriage with a perfectly matched pair and a coachman 
and a footman, you know, pretty much let everybody know where you stood. The automobile did the same thing. It does it to, to the same thing today, right? You see some beat up Toyota Hilux with a, a bunch of garden equipment in the bed of the thing. It's like, oh, okay, I kind of know what the story is there. And it's next to, you know, some Porsche 918 hypercar, right? It's like, okay, I, that's a, if that's not social signaling, I don't know what is. I mean, you know, people say, oh, no, that's just that's a terrible thing. I, I got news for you. I don't care if it's terrible or not terrible. We have evolved that way. Genetically, we are sensitive to status and power and wealth because evidently it, 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 it worked over tens of thousands of years. So whether it should be or it could, I mean, forget that. I mean, that that's, that's a mugs game to play. And you've been listening to Miles Collier, the founder of America's Best Car Museum, the Revs Institute. A special thanks to Alex and to Robbie for bringing us this piece. Miles Collier's story here on Our American Stories. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth no matter who you are. Mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. Dot com. That's better. H-E-L-P dot com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.